Welcome to TV7 Israel's podcast. We invite you to listen and share our latest content from Israel and the region. Shalom and welcome to Editor's Note. I'm Eir Pinto, and together with me, as always, is TV7 Editor-in-Chief Jonathan Hessen. How are you doing today? Praise God, doing well. How are you? I'm great, and it's great to have you here. It's usual. great to hear that you're feeling better in the family. Better than yesterday, less good than tomorrow, I always say. That's very good. That's very good. And thank you to our viewers for joining us. I would like to say that if you like our programs, please uh, like, share our YouTube channel and share it with your friends about our website, tv7israelnews.com, because that is really a way for you to help us spread what we're doing to more people around the world. But uh, before we start with today's show, let's uh, pray and ask God to join us here in the show and bless what we're saying. Thank you, our Father in heaven, for being in control, for blessing us, for being our provider in hard times, in good times, for having a plan for our lives. We pray that you will lead us, lead our words in this program, bless our viewers back at home, and bless Jonathan. For, we pray for complete healing for all of our office here in Jerusalem and uh, health in the future and blessings. B'Shem Yeshua HaMashiach. Amen. Um, well, Jonathan, you know, there's many topics, as always, but what would you like to focus and enlighten our viewers today? I think one topic that many people have been uh, very curious about is the energy or the uh, emerging energy crisis in Europe, mm-hmm. of course, in correlation with uh, the ongoing conflict in Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Yes. The uh, Russians are utilizing uh, their significant natural gas reservoirs and uh, the reliance of much of the Baltic states and and Eastern and Central Europe on Russia uh, as a point of leverage uh, in order to somehow mitigate the effects of uh, various uh, sanctions, uh, U.S. imposed sanctions, EU imposed sanctions uh, on uh, the Russian Federation. So basically, Russia is supplying is the main supplier of natural gas to Europe, or one of the main suppliers. One of the main suppliers. Yes. Uh, it is uh, the most significant supplier, uh, also to the biggest economy in Europe, and that is Germany. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gazprom is uh, the Russian company that, uh, or multinational corporation that uh, provides the natural gas to to Germany and, and other countries. I think uh, the figures are about 1 billion euros a day profit from uh, the exchange. Um, but since uh, the, the uh, vocal uh, anger by uh, Central Europe, Western Europe, and, and basically the Western Hemisphere, if we're talking about uh, uh, the strategic uh, landscape or geostrategic mm-hmm. landscape, uh, the, the Russians are not just standing idly by and they're trying to to basically shift uh, the the current uh, reality in their favor, and uh, the way it basically materializes 
uh, the Russians say, okay, whoever is vocal against us, they will have to start to, uh, to pay for the gas that we are providing them in ruble, the Russian currency. Uh-huh. So uh, if this actually happens, even though it's a breach of contract, it would then uh, relapse the Russian economy. Uh, it would bolster them because ultimately the more people pay in rubles, yeah. they have to use uh, the foreign exchange rates and, and bolster the Russian uh, economy, something obviously the West, NATO, the U.S. are not interested in uh, at this uh, current yeah, at the moment, time. people are selling the rubles and <coughs> buying, the demand will grow and the currency will rise. Indeed, so. indeed. So it, it has been rising since uh, this communication uh, started, the, the joint threats. I must point out, however, that there is here currently a double-edged sword because the Russians are as much reliant on selling this gas and energy, minerals to Europe as the Europeans are on Russia because uh, the pipeline that is being constructed from Russia uh, or from the energy areas of Russia mm-hmm. towards China, somebody, uh, uh, a country that the Russians are seeking to bolster, excuse me, the, the bilateral relations with mm-hmm. in order to counterbalance the Western hemisphere, the United States in particular, which is the hegemon uh, in the international community, even though without Europe, the United States, uh, economically at least, is nothing, okay? It, it would diminish significantly. Mm-hmm. So there is here a, a battlefield, so to speak, um, that occurs in this reality. This is something that we will speak next week uh, during Europa Stands, uh, where I will be uh, uh, joined with... Um, General Klaus Naumann and Colonel Kemp and, and Dr. Badahi and, and uh, um, the former prior, uh, Deputy Prime Minister and Foreign Minister of yeah. Finland, Timo Soini, um, in our studios in Helsinki for an Europa Stands episode. Uh, and we will elaborate on this matter. We have already elaborated on this in the, the prior, uh, previous program, but uh, in light of the latest developments, this is something that needs to be focused on more deeply because... There is a correlation also to Israel. Okay. Yes, that's very interesting. Uh, is there any alternative? Okay, so, I mean, there are many gas reservoirs in the world, apart from Russia, I'm assuming. Indeed. Well, uh, while I, I give you a brief answer, <laughs> if uh, Chen could turn on uh, our maps on the screen and, and we'll be able to yeah, get that, a little bit of insight. Helpful. But if we look here, Russia is the largest, uh, territorially speaking, country in the world, and uh, the Russians are trying to establish a uh, significant pipeline going through Mongolia into uh, China Mm -hmm. in order to provide uh, then an alternative from the Russian perspective, because as I said, it is a two-edged sword. How far are they from from completing this pipeline? Uh, There is time. There is time, and behind the scenes, many things can happen. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we never know if it would ever conclude in the next uh, 10, 20 years, uh, or in the next year. It it really depends on what... And what will happen now. What will happen. So uh, the Russians are basically uh, forcing uh, the the Europeans to change into the ruble, as uh, I mentioned, and this basically creates a, a dilemma for the Europeans because 
they don't seek now to strengthen the, the Russian economy at their own expense, because this comes at the expense of the euro, this comes at the expense of the US dollar, something that obviously would then weaken mm -hmm. uh, the West at the expense of strengthening Russia. So they're looking at uh, the various options. There are currently problems um, when we're talking about southern Europe. Spain has issues with uh, the, the gas pipeline from Algeria, uh, and uh, the Algerians have had some issues also with their uh, western neighbor Morocco, uh, still have issues. They, they're not best yeah. friends, to say the least. So when we look at the whole picture and we're trying to see, uh, okay, what will this energy crisis mean? The United States is looking for alternatives. The United States is not in need of Russian energy. Yes. The uh, UK, the United Kingdom, is not in need of Russian energy. They're not reliant on, on the Russians. Nevertheless, if Europe is impacted, as I said, there is a correlation between the United States and Europe on the economic front. Uh, this will impact everything mm -hmm. in the United States and UK. Cost of living will rise and the inflation, even though, though this is not the cause of the inflation, this happened due to um, uh, various yes. activities that were conducted, domestically speaking, by the Biden administration in the United States, uh, which also started, by the way, the Trump administration, printing money um, in quantities that are just unbelievable. Mm -hmm. And they're destroying their own currency for some reason, something that is unheard of. Uh, okay, in U.S. Uh, in U.S. history, yes. and unprecedented uh, to say the least. You said you said that this is somehow connected to Israel. Indeed. So uh, one of the uh, things that I'm hearing behind the scenes mm -hmm. that after the United States basically uh, postponed uh, the option of the East Med pipeline between Israel through Cyprus to Greece. Uh, there is once again discussion about reviving this project. Um, one of, of the reasons to postpone this was because uh, then the United States would need to provide guarantees because uh, one of the largest um, shareholders uh, of this specific uh, um, offshore gas reservoirs of Israel, the Leviathan, the Taman, and so on, they're owned by the Americans. So they have a say. The majority shareholders are still the Israeli companies uh, or company, but there is here yes. uh, geostrategic <laughs> interests of the United States. Israel is subjected to those and needs to fall in line within the geostrategic uh, mm -hmm. understandings because one of the issues was that if Israel would become an alternative, this may threaten it from the north, from Russia. Potentially Russia. Yeah, Russia would not like that Israel <laughs> basically supplying gas instead of her. Indeed, and, and if uh, we've been following this, obviously, on TV7 Israel yeah. News, uh, there were multiple Russian maneuvers in the eastern Mediterranean with clear signals not only to the Americans, but also to the Europeans and also to the Israelis regarding this East Med pipeline. So there is a lot of, of um, dialogue um, or engaging with signals between the various countries, between the opposing or competitors uh, within the strategic power competition in order to establish a certain um, 
status quo, so to speak, but even though it's not really a status quo. Um, when we're really looking at this, if indeed Israel would establish this submarine um, gas pipeline mm-hmm. through Cyprus and, uh, and Greece, uh, Turkey would be accommodated. Turkey will not be left out in this situation. There needs to be some sort of an understanding, uh, which needs to be very pragmatic because Greece and Turkey and Cyprus are also, they're not friends even though officially they're allies under NATO. Okay, so ironically, uh, it's not entirely understandable what's going on there. Uh, Turkey has made significant overtures towards Israel. Uh, Just uh, last week, at the end of last week, Turkey informed uh, the Islamist Hamas organization that um, the within the Hamas organization there are different branches that are loyal to different countries. Uh, there are those that are uh, more leaning towards the Iranians, there are those that are more leaning towards uh, the Egyptians, others towards uh, the, the Qataris, Qatar. indeed, yeah. and there is also the small entity within that towards Turkey. Yes. One of them is the founder uh, of uh, the uh, Izzardin al-Qassam Brigades, the military wing mm-hmm. of the Islamist Hamas organization, uh, which uh, whose leader is currently in Turkey. He's a resident of Turkey, um, and uh, they're providing him a safe haven there. Mm-hmm. He has acted against Israel from Turkish territory, and now the Turks have come out and said, Hamas, you're welcome to be here so long as you don't use our territory to act against Israel. This is a dramatic shift, okay? But there are other reasons. One of those reasons is the energy pipeline, which Turkey wants to be a part of. Of course, yeah. And also by by saying to Hamas that you can be here but not act against Israel, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, so the whole purpose of Hamas is to retake the whole city, the whole country of Israel, and that's under, you know, under flag and under vision. So saying that basically means... Okay, you can stay here, but you have nothing to do here. There is a, a saying, Kadeu vechashdeu, honor them, but also be wary of them. Mm-hmm. Israel is being very wary about everything that's happening. Yeah. Uh, it's very calculated. There are joint interests between Israel and Turkey on many fronts. Um, Turkey is very active in Ukraine uh, with supporting Ukraine against Russian uh, um, offensive and maneuvering. Of course, there is also economic interests here. Uh, we're talking about the, the various aerial unmanned uh, vehicles that the Turks are uh, selling to Ukraine in order to utilize that in the war against the Russians. The Russians are not happy with Turkey, uh, to say the least. Yeah. Turkey is also engaged in Operation Rock Law, which it launched uh, about a week and a half ago in north uh, western Iraq. Okay, and uh, it is preparing the ground in northwestern Iraq from what I see and what I speak with the different mm-hmm. uh, people that I speak with in that area, it's going to be truly impactful because they are now eradicating the PKK, uh, the logistical yes. lines, and they're preparing the ground for a massive invasion. So the PKK is basically the Kurdish uh, uh, terrorist terror group. organization. Yeah. They are a terror organization. Uh, I think people need to differentiate between the EPG and the yes, various yes, organizations. The, the acronyms are very confusing. Indeed, and there are also disagreements between the Kurds within the different factions, the different families, the Balazanis, the Mas'uds, and 
uh, the, the various families there. There were many differences there. The PKK are actually communists. Okay, so it's a radical leftist communist organization, the, the um, Kurdish Workers Party, okay, and uh, they have conducted heinous acts of terror against mm-hmm. uh, Turks, and not only Turks. Civilians. Civilians, yes. indeed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, they have been uh, eradicating the, the logistical lines and in coordination, by the way, with the, the uh, Kurdish leadership in Iraq. Uh, there have been also discussions. There was a, a Kurdish delegation from Syria that came to Turkey for discussions there. Um, I, I, I'm aware of that meeting. I'm not aware of what was what said was in yeah. uh, that meeting, so uh, that was not unveiled to me. Uh, nevertheless, suddenly, out of the blue, uh, the Iranians have instructed uh, the Hashtishabi, the, the popular mobilization forces, including Qatar, Hezbollah, and so on, and so, to attack Turkey. So suddenly the proxies of Iran, which have been supportive of the PKK, are also attacking Turkey, um, or Turkish troops in northwestern Iraq, mm-hmm. and Turkey is attacking Iranian militias. So again, there yes. are quite interesting... Um, common interests, so to speak, between Turkey and Israel on this front. Now, I, I understand that there are, there are biblical aspects to, to the Turkish uh, um, uh, situation, and, and I don't know when or what is going, or when exactly everything is going to unfold, mm-hmm. but the current situation on the ground is not right for such a situation. Okay. Yes. Um, even though it, it seems very complex, and this might uh, come as a surprise to many people at home uh, who see so many wars and rumors of wars and, and so many developments, uh, at this point in time, uh, many things are out of place to form uh, the, the Gog and Magog yeah, war. Yeah, the unity of like one that. king in the north that will unite indeed, uh, indeed. people. Indeed, yeah. indeed. So uh, we need to be very careful when, when people are speaking about the, the various events. Uh, I hear many um, preachers also talking very openly about, you know, uh, we are right be- uh, around the corner and this and that. Um, on a geostrategic level, I don't see it. Um, and, you know, things can happen very quickly yeah. and can then... With we always say miscalculation can result into much more. Yeah, so we need to be also wary of this reality. Yeah, and I think in general, you know, we always need to be prepared on a personal level because that's what God really cares about our hearts. So that whenever He decides to take us, or something happens to us personally, we should be ready. Absolutely, I, I do believe that we are in the latter days, mm-hmm. but the latter days, you know. Could could be, could be longer than what longer we, what, uh, we expect, but it can also be shorter than what we expect. Yeah. Nobody knows the day or hour. Yeah, exactly. I think that in these times we should really pray for the leaders, pray that God will lead them and speak to them, even if they're not believers. Indeed, you know, and uh, be ready ourselves and our families. As believers, we are in a unique position, and I believe we have a responsibility because everything, uh, everything is interconnected, both physically and spiritually. Mm -hmm. And as we understand the significance of prayer, we need to 
be very dedicated on this aspect. Now, another point that is quite interesting is that when we look at the current uh, reality, we also need to recognize the situation vis-a-vis uh, -vis the Iranian nuclear um, program. Yeah. Uh, they are advancing rapidly. The, um, the, the program Iranians. and the missiles and basically everything? Look, right now, the, the International Atomic Energy Agency does not have the tools or the framework within which to truly guarantee that Iran is not making substantial so, paces. So in practice, they do not have monitors inside the nuclear facilities in Iran? No. 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 So they need to trust not. the Iranian ward. Indeed. But that's it. Yeah. Indeed. Um, and the guarantors, once such an agreement comes into play, would suddenly be the Russians. Uh, would the United States uh, agree okay. to uh, put the, the destiny or the future of, of the United States when it comes to Iranian proliferation, excuse me, uh, in the hands of the Russians and the Chinese for that matter? I'm doubtful. Yeah, um, it's very, very weird because the, the Russians are now looking for allies. So they're not in a position to really, you know, enforce sanctions or make sure that uh, the Iranians do not reach these nuclear capabilities. Indeed. Well, you know, I, I was really trying to understand um, the American angle to this whole story. And uh, at some point I was trying to riddle myself with uh, various scenarios and then challenge those scenarios themselves, uh, one of which would be um, back in, in during the Obama administration, uh, there were two individuals, uh, very senior individuals, who sought to promote a certain balance of power in order to mitigate hostilities in the region, to establish a certain balance between Iran and the Sunni Muslim world and Turkey and Israel in order to somehow um, alleviate tensions in the region, uh, which would then allow them to provide uh, Israel with uh, a better angle to the QME, uh, or the qualitative military edge, which uh, the U.S. Congress has guaranteed Israel with. Yeah, which is basically the best, most advanced weapons compared to our neighbors. Well, it is uh, enabling Israel beyond weaponry. Um, Intelligence, giving us the edge. Giving us the edge on our neighbors. Uh, Israel seeks to guarantee its own security. Mm -hmm. Of course, within uh, great power competition, uh, Israel is aligned with the United States on all levels. Mm -hmm. But when we really are looking at, at uh, this scenario of trying to establish a balance of power, um, those two people who were in the Obama administration are no longer in the Biden administration. So this was ruled out. I also had my conversations with people in the administration itself, uh, the intelligence community, and, and as well as here in, in Europe. And many people don't understand the American angle. Now, uh, three people who are uh, basically holding the cards of power in the United States uh, include U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken, who is very much oriented uh, towards uh, humanitarian issues. Uh, he has been an advocate on humanitarian issues for quite some time, uh, also prior to his position in the current administration. And uh, the other persons are, uh, we have Burns, okay, the uh, chairman of the, uh, director of the CIA, uh, who's 
expertise beyond anyone else in this administration is Russia. Okay. The third person is Sullivan, uh, the national security advisor uh, whose expertise is actually China. Mm -hmm. So we always need to understand the schools of thoughts and, and the way those individuals think to understand their courses of action and how they actually act behind the scenes. So, so from this research, what do you think the, the American angle is? Uh, the American angle is the Trump legacy. They want to break the legacy of uh, the Trump administration. Um, and it's really domestic. It is a domestic issue. The United States currently works uh, from the stomach. They work for out of emotions. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, the Iranians know this. You can see in many other statements, uh, you know, uh, trying to manipulate uh, those listening of if you're not doing this, you're going to perpetuate the Trump legacy. Mm -hmm. um, this is very sad because yeah. this obviously uh, impacts uh, the, the United States as, as a, a country that works for its own interests. Um, yeah, also, I think it impacts the United States position as the world leader in, I don't know, in the new world, in defending freedoms and stuff like that, if they only care about domestic stuff. Indeed. Uh, this is also uh, one angle. The second angle, by the way, and this is something that is very important, and this was highlighted to me both here in Israel as well as elsewhere. The Americans don't see um, a, a viability for them at this stage. Uh, to engage in another war. There is no political will. There is no uh, will within the population in the United States. Mm -hmm. The domestic issues are too um, divisive. Yeah. And uh, honestly, I, I am sad to see the, the various domestic issues, the wokeism, in my perspective as, as a Christian, as a believer who mm -hmm. uh, wants to follow in the footsteps of, of our Lord and Savior and, and to um, in the footsteps of, of the Word of God. Um, what is happening in the United States is, is appalling mm -hmm. uh, on a legislative level. There are people who are fighting against this, but it's become so divisive that it's not anymore about let's find how we can um, improve America for the sake of not only Americans, but the entire world. And uh, as such, we see Russia and China taking advantage of this, highlighting this divisiveness, investing significant amounts in trying to um, polarize the United States even more, which then consequently also impacts um, Europe, because the same domestic issues in the United States are um, being promoted, the same wokeism is being promoted by the European Union, and nation states are actually becoming more and more conservative. Yeah. So we're seeing suddenly a, a clash between the EU institution and the European uh, nation Countries, states, yes, nation indeed. State. Yeah, well, this is a completely different uh, topic that we can touch base for uh, an entire program. But, <laughs> At least. But we don't have the time today, so thank you, Jonathan. It's a pleasure, as usual. <laughs> and thank you to our viewers, and we'll see you next time for another episode of Editor's Note. Thank you for joining us in another TV7 Israel podcast. For more content, visit our website at tv7israelnews.com or follow us on social media.